Hi, I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm a senior editor at Light Reading, and we're here at the Open RAN North America event in lovely New York. And I'm joined by Chris Boyer with AT&T. Good to see you. Yeah, nice to, nice to see you as well. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at AT&T. Sure. So um, I work in AT&T's public policy department in Washington, and my role is largely to manage uh, portfolio of, of public policy issues impacting the company really at the intersection of cybersecurity, emerging technology, and, and those types of things. And I'm also the chair of the Open RAN Policy Coalition, so uh, very active on Open RAN issues. Yeah, staying really busy, I imagine. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so you were on a really interesting panel uh, this morning about Open RAN policy and um, public-private partnerships, as well as a way to kind of further the Open RAN ecosystem. Mm -hmm. uh, what What is AT&T working on in terms of public-private partnerships around Open RAN? So we are actually doing a lot of work behind the scenes on Open RAN. I think, I think um, a lot of folks know that AT&T was one of the founding members of the Open RAN, of the ORAN Alliance, which is working on Open RAN specifications. Um, obviously, we started, or one of the founders of the Open RAN Policy Coalition, which is pushing uh, government policies towards ORAN. And then from a, uh, in terms of like actual operational type of collaboration, uh, we have a number of, uh, we're participating with a number of universities and other entities, like just for, as an example, um, we have, we've been working with um, NYU, Rutgers, and Columbia, and what's called the Cosmos, uh, kind of um, open mobile lab here, our test bed based here in DC, they hosted one of the Open RAN and um, uh, Plugfest back in 2021. So we're very we're partnering with them as well and a number of other academic institutions. So we've been we've been doing a lot of things in terms of working with different people around kind of the development of Open RAN. You know, as something that uh, potentially to bring the technology to maturity for somewhere down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and that was something uh, Mari Silby with US Ignite was talking about as well about the importance of bringing together all those smart folks from a lot of different groups um, between the government right. and you know you mentioned academia and also. Uh, service providers. Um, so, uh, what are what are some of your other thoughts in terms of um, highlights from that panel? There was a lot of discussion about how to use um, government funding to mm -hmm. further open RAN development. Do you have any thoughts there? Yeah. So, there's there are definitely some areas where I think, in particular, um, we would like to see more development of the technology done, and the, and it's the kind of work that you would normally do, like in an AT&T Labs and, and other organizations, um, working with our vendor partners, right? And so, um, I do think that some of that some of the money can go towards some of those challenges, and we've heard all day in the panels about what some of those challenges are. So, you know, for example, um, just integrating, um, um, you know, newer suppliers into existing brownfield environments. You know, AT&T has a very large investment in our wireless network and our RAN. We've I mean, everyone knows that we've largely used Ericsson and Nokia for big chunks of that. And so if we bring new players in, you know, how can we integrate um, in, into those brownfield environments you know, and still achieve the same type of performance, uh, feature parity, and, and types of things that, that we need in order to serve our customers? You know, those are the types of things that can be worked on. There's a, there's a lot of opportunity to work on what are called X applications and R applications so that we can have apps that kind of span both the, the management and the control plane on the network. Um, um, those are issues that, that I think with the government money, it can help us bring together kind of consortiums between AT&T and, our, and our, our vendor partners and trying to working through some of those issues to make ORAN a more viable opportunity for our network. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to be on a panel this afternoon as well, right? On yes. um, our, more on the um, kind of R&D testing and development side. Uh, what are you looking forward to there and, and other future developments for Open RAN? Well, I think it's the same kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So like, it's like we, we, we'd like to see, um, you know, these 
I, th I think the program that's going to come out of NTIA will be very helpful in identifying kind of these areas where the technology, and, and again, it's kind of going to depend on the operator, right? Because you're going to hear some people saying that, hey, we're deploying today. You're going to hear others that are saying we need to do more work on development, right? So it just depends on the entity. But I think what you're going to hear more about is the areas in which we think that um, that those funds can be used to really help mature it so that it can scale. The challenge for the big operators like us is, is obvious, right? You know, we're a huge player in the space. We have, I don't know, somewhere upwards of 100 and you know, 75 million connected devices on our network, something I don't know what the exact number is these days, but but it's it takes, operating at scale in dense urban environments are some of the challenges. That's why a lab like Cosmos is interesting, because it's really looking at um, kind of open mobile um, through software, but in a city environment, right? And I think that's the, that, those are the types of issues that if you want to see ORAN introduced in like the macro environment, those are the things that are going to have to get yeah. resolved. Which is interesting since we're meeting here in New York. You know, right. it's a perfect, perfect yeah. uh, use case or maybe test bed for those kind of applications. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, whenever I talk to, um, a lot of people think that ORAN will get deployed, at least for carriers like ours. You know, you kind of start in these greenfield environments, kind of enterprise 5G, and then gradually grow it out, um, you know, to these more macro environments. But we've got to get our, we've got to get a feel for the technology and the confidence that it's going to deliver on terms of performance. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that seemed to be something that um, came up a lot um, this week as well. You know, yesterday we were talking about open RAN security and yep. do we wait for the standards or specifications or go ahead with it and, you know, adjust as needed. Mm -hmm. um, vendor interoperability has come up a lot. What are, what are some things that are, um, you know, front of mind for you in terms of challenges um, still ahead for open RAN deployment? I think it's I think it's really performance and scale and then feature parity. It's really driving that, you know, we're not going to deploy ORAN just for the sake of deploying a, a new technology. It's got to actually make sense from a business perspective. So we've got to have a TCO that is, um, you know, that at least is on par with what we have today, or if not better, we're going to have to have uh, the same type of performance for our customers, the same type of features. Those are the kinds of things that I think the business is going to demand. I think in terms of Challenges, you know, security, a lot of people talk about security as a major challenge. I kind of see it both ways mm -hmm. because I spent a lot of my time in DC working on security issues. I feel like um, ORAN actually has benefits for security if it's implemented correctly. So it's like any other new technology. And I'll draw an analogy back to when, um, uh, back when we first started talking about cloud computing, you know, go back like 10, 15 years, right? And the discussion back then was, oh, this is a different environment, it's going to create all these new security issues, you know, how do we secure the hypervisor or the new aspects of the controller in the cloud? And I think ORAN, in some respects, is very similar in that it's a different architecture, um, so it creates different issues, but doesn't mean it's inherently less secure. It just means that, um, that you have to be diligent and put the right controls in place. Uh, but there are benefits to, to ORAN in that you can, we can start to do more by moving the network more towards software, we can introduce new security capabilities through software closer to the edge, mm -hmm. taking advantage of this architecture and potentially stop some of the threats closer to the source, which is something that um, you know we can do with 5G. ORAN can kind of expand on that. So I think the security story is a little bit of, uh, it kind of cuts both ways. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point and um, something that kind of came up yesterday about you know 5G being uh, Inherently more secure, but also just more, uh, it seems like built-in security uh, being a benefit to um, Open RAN versus um, previous Gs. And then, 
you know, as well, you mentioned the software component, having the ability mm -hmm. to update it as security threats, because it's always changing. <laughs> yeah, right, that's the one thing that's certain about security, is it constantly changes. So we've done a lot of work on that. Like we have a, like C CTIA, I was just there last week, um, CTIA has a 5G security testbed that they are doing with mi with MITRE and with the University of Maryland and um, AT&T is actually AT&T and uh, T-Mobile and Ericsson are three of the founding partners of that test lab and we've been uh, we've been basically taking um, security scenarios that were identified um, at the FCC through an advisory body called the CISRIC. It's a long acronym, so I won't go into it. But, but I love it. But they are, <laughs> we have so many acronyms. It's DC, so it's acronym city. But they, uh, but they've been taking kind of issues identified there, and then working on the recommendations and testing them at the lab, and then, um, and then, I, and then what we're trying to do is identifying things that need to be addressed, which we can then take back to the standards in 3GPP. So there's a lot of work being done on security. Um, the enduring security framework at the, the ESF uh, working group. Um, which is something that's run out of um, the NSA and other. They've, they've been, they were also doing a working group on open RAN security specifically, and they're going to put out their kind of findings as well. So there's been a lot of focus on the issue. And I do feel like on the industry side, a lot of attention being given to how do we secure, because everybody knows, like, you can't deploy a network without security, right? Yeah. So that's kind of a given. So yeah. that would be pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris, thanks so much for joining me. Um, this has been really interesting. I feel like we could talk a lot longer. So we'll definitely have to have you back on soon. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it.